Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Scentsy Brewcast, the voice of Scentsy Craft. Um, I wasn't sure when I was getting ready to uh, to start this week's show if I was going to warn you guys that I'm on death's door right now, but uh, I figure I should at least talk about it just in case I break into a coughing fit or something halfway through the show. If you listened to, for you guys, what is last week's episode, I'm sure I talked about it on there too. Um, I've got the COVID and like I'm, I'm sitting here like bouncing back and forth between sweating and freezing and uh, it's, you know, it's, it's absolutely miserable, <laughs> but it just makes getting that, that chance to uh, separate myself from all of the chaos that I've been in for the last few days and sit down and record an episode, especially this episode, which um, I think is a really fun one. This is this is honestly an episode that I've wanted to do for a very long time. Um, we, uh, I am a big fan of a lot of um, blogs, a lot of websites that are around. Obviously, anything that promotes Cincinnati, I'm I'm all about. And one of I think the best uh, sources for Cincinnati promotion in a lot of different uh, realms um, is Tour de Cincinnati. Um, Lindsay Kraling, w- welcome. Thank you. I, uh, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you on the show. Um, I have I'm a- excited to witness this like flu game of yours. <laughs> See how you do. I could just keel over halfway through the show. I shouldn't joke about that, but man, it uh, it is. Hey, you could have a great, you could have a great performance. It is absolutely no joke. This is going to be the first beer that I've gotten to drink in like four days. Uh, I've been trying not to uh, consume too much alcohol because of all of the uh, Tylenol that has been pumped into my system. Um, uh, I, I'm interested to see what you think of it. <laughs> uh, so, um. From the beer fridge. The one segment that we have on the show is from the beer fridge. What are you drinking tonight? I, my first beer is a seasonal favorite, an annual favorite, and it is Listerman Shamrock Shake. Oh, see, I'm not for St. Patty's Day. See, because I have COVID, this is now the second year in a row that I don't get to go out at all for St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) So you have to rub it in my face. <laughs> Let's be real. I'm not going anywhere either. <laughs> um, I haven't had Shamrock Shake for a very long time. I love, 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 love that beer. Um, yes. The, uh, all of the the fun variants that they've done it to, the barrel-aged versions. Oh, man, it's a great one. Um, and they released a new one today that I just saw. Oh, what was it? It's, um, I don't even remember what it's called, but it's basically it. a take on Lucky Charms, right? Right, right. I, like marshmallow. It, so you give me a sweet stout and I'm, I'm good. I'm in. Yeah. I, um, my I, favorite. I think for me, that's probably what, I don't know if that's what got me into craft beer, Okay, but you know, sweet stouts were definitely one of those first, uh, beers that kind of caught my attention and, and hooked me, I guess, you know, I wish that I could remember what my first uh, my first real craft beer that I fell in love with was. Do you remember for you what your first kind of uh, that I don't know gateway beer or that first beer that kind of shone the light on it for you was? So for the longest time, I was a very very heavy drinker, and I did not drink beer. I was more of like a Jaeger bomb, car bomb. I guess there's beer in car bombs. Yeah. It wasn't about the beer though. So for years and years and years, I only drank beer if it was, you know, for beer pong, flip cup, that kind of thing. 
I didn't actually start drinking craft beer until I started dating my now husband. Gosh, it's probably been about eight or nine years ago. You know, back in the days of eight ball and blank slate. Right. So my earliest memories truly were probably like blank slate upper cream stout. It was, you know, it's, it's fun when you, you think back to that, uh, that period of time as a craft beer drinker where you just go and you sit down at a, you know, craft beer bar or brewery like that. And everything is new. Like every single type of beer that you can think of, it's, it's all exciting. It's all fresh. It's all, you're just desperate to try more and more and more and more. It's a, wish we could replicate that again later on in our craft beer life. You know, we kind of, kind of lose some of that magic a little bit. Yeah, of course. Um, It's a, I know. And then you, I, well, I don't know about you, but it's for me, it's always, I want to try something new. Um, it's kind of hard to repeat some stuff. So, you know, I'll dig into untapped and I only really use it to keep track of what I've had. And I'm like, and instead of, you know, worrying about trying any beer at a place, I'm like, Oh, have I had this before? Is it going to be a unique check-in? So, yeah, I, um, so I'm drinking, um, the latest record hop from Sonder with Northern discovery hops. Um, it's, I, this is one of the, one of the coolest hops that, uh, that, (coughs) sorry, one of the coolest hops that I've, um, tasted in a very long time. This is, uh, something that was grown on, um, head brewer Chase, his, his wife, Haley, uh, her family, they, they have this farm with these hops on it and they can kind of range anywhere from like this really great, like bubble gummy, thing to like cantaloupe and like man they're just they're absolutely delicious i love seeing them in this format they've done them in their midwest haze which is um uh like a a hazy kind of pale ale so you get a lot more of that soft fruitiness from that whereas (coughs) goodness um this one kind of lends leans more into kind of the the bigger um a little more bitter kind of hoppiness uh this is delicious i um I was talking before about how um, I'm just terrified of losing my sense of smell and taste and uh, I can definitely taste this. <laughs> so that's but that's good. <laughs> maybe a testament to just how good this Sonder beer is. Right, which, right. By the way, I've been very impressed by Sonder. Um, so before we kind of dive more into craft beer stuff, because we'll definitely get more into some craft beer stuff, um, I want to talk about the website Torre Cincinnati. Um sure. You know, this this idea of creating a, uh, I guess, a, a hub of, you know, all things Cincinnati, a place that you can get onto if you're wanting to venture out on the weekend to go try something new. How did that start? How did that idea come about? So it was born out of the idea in, I think it was January of 2013. So eight years ago, um, that there, there, a lot of people think that there's nothing to do in Cincinnati. And back in those days, back in the olden days, you could keep track of which restaurants were opening, um, you know, which really there were not very many breweries either. So I would go one place a week for 52 weeks of that year and write a review about it. So for the first two years, that's how the format was on the website. And since it it has evolved into, right, like you said, a hub, I call it a one-stop shop resource of all things. You know, there's a craft brewery guide that has an activity checklist, for example. So it's kind of like my take on a, on a beer passport. 
yeah, uh, there's dog-friendly information, kid-friendly information. There is a, an, a, an entire comprehensive list for Black-owned businesses in Cincinnati. It's, so it's, it's really evolved into something kind of entirely different. I've really gotten away from reviewing places. Generally, I still, you know, if I really like a place, I'll talk about it or write about it. But that usually goes on my Instagram and not on the blog. That um, that change over time where, you know, different social media becomes more popular and um, finding where things fit. Do they fit on the blog? Do they fit on Instagram? Do they fit on Facebook? That's really difficult to do. <laughs> and that's yeah. coming from somebody who is always struggling with that, trying to figure sure. out how to how to tell, you know, the the story in the right spot to the right people. Sure. Um how how have you kind of how have you navigated some of that, you know, when you when you have this this website that um takes up a lot of free time becomes a very big part of, you know, um your your hobbies, you know, becomes that thing that you just you you do yeah. when you're not doing anything else, you know. How do you push how do you push that aside a little bit sometimes and understand the importance of something like Instagram or things like that. How do you, how do you manage that? Maybe this is a self-serving question because I always struggle with it, but no, that's okay. I, um, it's always been sort of trial and error to see what kind of engagement you get in return. Um, for years I worked full time in addition to, you know, maintaining this website and all of its social under the umbrella and it's been a real labor of love. You can definitely attest for this, that you do this, you know, because you love it, basically. Um, so it's ongoing, maintaining these social channels and just kind of getting a feel for which audience is more receptive where. Right. So I don't, I mean, analytics on websites, that's really boring talk. And I just... I wasn't getting huge readership on my website so much as definitely Instagram gets the most reach for sure. And the most engagement and interaction on posts, Facebook, you know, is kind of a whole. Eh. <laughs> See, it's, it's strange to me because um, I talked to, uh, to craft beer Joe about it a lot and oh, yeah. uh, his, his Instagram is, is definitely where he gets most of his engagement too. Whereas, mm -hmm. I get a ton of engagement on Facebook for some reason. And I, I can't figure out why. I don't know why my audience has kind of leaned into Facebook so hard, but that seems to be where I get the most engagement most of the time. And it doesn't make sense to me. I can't pinpoint why. <laughs> I think it makes a lot of sense because of these, especially because of the beer communities, the Facebook yeah, group. That's that's probably. I think it's kind of centralized for people. And it's just a place that they can see all of the above. I can definitely see where Craft Beer Joe has a huge following. He's got a great Instagram account and a lot of his is very visual. So, right. you know, people it, are really... The whole world of all of that is just so... Like, I've never... Um, I don't think I was... I don't think I was prepared for what I was getting into when I started any of this. <laughs> you just kind of... No. It's just kind and of it's starts. All and, yeah, and you're just... When something new comes up, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll try that. And then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. it's consuming half of your time and... Um, it's, it's, it's wild. What yeah. was, what was the, I mean, you, you talked about how, you know, in, in 2013 or whatever, you were going out and just every, every day, every, well, every week you were going out and reviewing a new place. 
how did that start? Like, how did that, where did that idea come from? Where did, um, where did you decide to do that to yourself? (laughs) (laughs) So it, it kind of went hand in hand with when my husband and I started dating. So it was a really interesting way to keep dating fun and interesting by doing these different new things every week. And he was very supportive of my starting this blog. I had been blogging in some capacity since about since 2010, I think it was, with um, Hype Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, I had a Twitter account at this point. I kind of just stayed in that kind of mindset, um, always promoting Cincinnati kind of thing. So, And he actually was the managing editor of Red Reporter, maybe at the time. Um, so he understood, you know, that digital creation right. kind of thing. So he was really supportive of my starting a blog. And of course, he was supportive of going out and trying new places to eat and trying new things. So that's that's how it started. And I was like, well, what can I do um, that would be an interesting format? And one place a week for 52 weeks sounded kind of fun. So it is fun. Like it's, it, you know, I've found that, you know, for good and bad, there's, there's two different sides to it. Like Mm -hmm. the fact that I have to force myself to get out to every tap room when it opens to try Mm -hmm. to get out and try as many new beers as possible when they come out, like forcing yourself to do that is so much fun to, to make yourself get out there and do it instead of settling into kind of your um, same old, same old every day. Um, at the same time, you don't get to settle into your same old, same old at all. <laughs> You're always having to force yourself to get something new. It's funny that you say that because my biggest complaint for those two years was we never went back to places that I loved. Yeah. And especially now looking back, there were several places that I loved back then that are no longer open, no longer a thing. So I'm kind of kicking myself thinking damn, I wish I would have gone to this place multiple times yeah. instead of just trying someplace new every week, you know? It's a, it's definitely so, a double-edged sword that I, I struggle with a lot, um, especially sure. with the way this last year has been. You know, we're desperately trying to support as many places as possible, but then it's like, a, is my money better spent, you know, trying to focus that down and support just this handful of places that are the most important to me? Or It's it's wild. <laughs> it's so hard to uh, to balance. And, you know, over the past, what, three years, basically, I've either been pregnant or breastfeeding or something. (laughs) So my beer consumption has been way, way, way down. So I am really out of practice as far as knowing or having a a pulse on the the beer around here currently. It's, It's just all changed a lot, you know, especially over the past few years. Oh, yeah. So the one thing that's been really easy, easy for me to do is to keep going to breweries. You know, I mean, over the past few years, of course, it goes in waves that several open at a time, but it's much easier now to just be able to go to them as they open. And it's not as overwhelming. Right. So that that's definitely, I mean, that's something that I... And my husband and I make a point to do is to go to a brewery when it opens, not right when it opens necessarily, 
usually we let them work out a few kinks See, over the first. I love few weeks. I love watching that journey a little bit too. I love going right when they when there might be a bunch of kinks and then go yeah, back. Yeah, right at the beginning where it changes and how yeah. how they dial it. And I think there's something fun about being part of that journey with them. Yeah, I totally understand that. Uh, so you spend a lot of time at Westside, is that right? Oh yeah, <laughs> I live <laughs> probably th- not three blocks from there. So it is well within stumbling distance, you know, if I really drank all that much. So <laughs> aside from the fact that it's close and easy to get to, what is it sure. about Westside that you you love? There are several things. <laughs> um, you, I recently posted, which I'm sure you saw, about what makes a brewery great. Mm-hmm. And we can go into this again later. But it's not just the beer, in my opinion, especially since so much of my life over the past few years, beer hasn't been in the forefront like it had been previously. So, you know, it's it's a lot to do with their food options and events that they have going on, um, the, the general ambiance, that kind of thing. They're dog-friendly on Wednesdays, which we don't, unfortunately, now that we have two kids, we don't really pay <laughs> as much attention to the dog. But it used to be really important to us. Right. So, yeah, it's it's this combination of all of the above. And one thing that I really, really love about Westside is how the quality of their beer has just, it continues to improve. At least in my opinion, I'm not a super discerning beer drinker. I am no Cicerone. That is for (laughs) sure. I just, I know what I like. I don't know what certain styles are supposed to taste like. And my flavor recognition is actually kind of terrible. And I'm saying this as somebody who drinks a ton of beer and eats a lot of food. But that's, you <laughs> that know, my, that my palate's not all that refined. One thing that has always <laughs> kind of annoyed me about uh, about beer people or or food people is when they kind of uh, put too much emphasis on how good their palate is or how well they're able to pick out this flavor or that flavor. That's not really what's important at all, <laughs> you know, especially when it comes to beer. Um, you know, if you enjoy something, you enjoy it. You, you know, great if you can communicate to me why you can, you enjoy it, but sure. if you can't, so what? Like, it's like you're, if you like it, just like it. <laughs> it's know? like I am ranch dressing. I can't tell you this, the certain nuances really of each of them. I just know why I like, why I like it. <laughs> um, one thing. Like I know, said, I'm not, I'm not all that classy. And <laughs> one thing whatever. that I was, should make some kind of West side joke, but I won't. <laughs> I am not a West sider by birth though. I've always been like this. <laughs> um, I'm a middle sider by birth, to be fair. I'm not an East Sider either. <laughs> There's you either uh, you either identify with one, the other, or neither. <laughs> I, yeah. and, and I there's identify. those people I'm, that I'm refuse. I'm West now. I can't deny that now. But I, <laughs> growing up, absolutely, <coughs> will never claim it. One thing that I love about Westside Brewery um, is just the amount of different beer styles that they that they're cranking out, and like that ah. range of you know the the big you know, triple IPA all the way down to, um, you know, they've got a, a Roush beer out, right? Like nobody makes a Roush beer. Like it's, you know, no. like that's having a place that can do all of that. And the fact that it's on the West side in the middle of all, like that's, it's just, it's, it's, it's so much fun to me. It's, uh, it's yeah. exactly what I want from a Cincinnati brewery. And that's, uh, um, that's, you know, I don't, I don't pick favorites often. I'm not saying they're my favorite brewery in Cincinnati, but they are definitely up there on the list. Sure. Uh, I I, right. I will happily talk about 
which breweries I consider top tier for me. Favorites is probably a good way to put it, but I mean, there are so many good breweries around here and for a lot of good reasons. Um, but I, I don't usually mention Westside be just because I feel like I have such a bias, Right. <laughs> you know, but obviously the- I love it and I love the people there and by people, I mean the people who work there. I've built relationships with the people who work there and I was doing chalkboard art for them before right. COVID was a thing. <laughs> so, so, <clears throat> when you talk about what makes a tap room, and I know you you had a, a big post about this, when you talk about what makes a tap room good or great, I guess is a better way to put it. Um, yeah. What what are some of those factors for you, and how much do they weigh into that? Because I I was going to respond yeah. to that post. I was actually going to make a whole video as a response to that post on on cool. uh, my YouTube channel. And still I'm, st- I'm still going to, but it's going to take me a okay. while because okay. <laughs> every time I would, you know, I made this list of all the things that make a brewery good. And then I'm looking at it and I'm like, all right, yeah, all of these make breweries great, but none of them also matter. Like, you know, one of, you can have one thing on this list and none of the other ones and still sure. be fantastic. And like, I, right. so I couldn't figure out how, how important each one of these things are. <laughs> It's so hard to quantify too, because, you know, there are places too that, in my opinion, do not have a good ambiance, but their beer more than makes up for it. So like there's, there's times where I'm wanting to go out and I want my wife and my kids with me and we're wanting to sit and um, hang out for the day and play some games and color and whatever. And that we may pick one brewery based on what we want out of that day. There's other times where I want to go out and I may not want to be around anybody's kids, especially my own. And that's, I'm going to pick a whole different tap room because of that. (laughs) They're going to be two very different things. And they both have this, this family friendliness or family, not friendliness that make them great. (laughs) And so it's like, some are are absolutely way more welcoming than others. And some are welcoming, but they're big enough to where you can sit in a totally different area and not at all be affected by right. anyone else, kids or otherwise, So, which is pretty great too. What are some of the things that are most important to you when you're trying to choose a, uh, a tap room to go hang out in? For me personally, my absolute deal makers are food options and general ambiance. I love obviously the good food. And I, you know, I like, I love outdoor seating. And I think a lot of it has to do once we get through winter, we're just all done and we're all ready for it to be nice out. And there's nothing like outdoor drinking. (laughs) What is, what is the best outdoor drinking area in Cincinnati, in your opinion? Um, the best beer garden, if you will. Best beer garden. So this is newer. And it, it's kind of a, I will say that I was very, very impressed with Northern Rose outdoor seating. Yep. Absolutely um, loved it. Um, I have it's been. like in an alley, kind of. You it was, are. <laughs> I love it. <coughs> well, they've got these really great, um, like, cold stove things when it's cold yeah. outside. It's just really cool. Um, so. My, my shout are, out has to go to Fibonacci as far as beer okay, gardens yeah. go. Because it's that traditional beer garden atmosphere you're under actual trees which is so hard to find in cincinnati tap rooms there's freaking goats (laughs) 
Well, I haven't been since they've really expanded. Oh, yeah. You need to go. It's been a couple summers since I've been there, unfortunately. They have and, um, a bunch of fire pits, and for five bucks, you can have all the wood that you want to burn that night, and you can sit around the fire pit with your uh, your family, and sure. um, kids can go yell at the goats, and uh, it's just, it is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> that's awesome. I was, another place that's great, especially with kids, with a lot of outdoor space is 50 West. Oh, yeah. Oh, 50, 50 West. West campus is just unreal watching them over the years just continually change and evolve in just the perfect direction for them is um so much fun to watch and the fact that they put yeah. in an ice skating rink this winter i mean just <laughs> i mean that's unreal that's unreal i i remember when uh pro works was hahana beach mm-hmm. <laughs> i worked in marymont at the time when it was hahana beach so see truly seeing it and then pizzelli was there and now yeah. the burger bar and everything it is really fun to see. It's fun to see any <coughs> brewery kind of expand like that. Mad Tree was interesting. Well, it's you know? it's fun watching everybody's journeys and how different they are. Yeah, how, you know, it's when we have this many breweries in a city, you, ex- you 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 don't expect everybody to be able to find their own path so easily. And I know that a lot of them would say it wasn't easy, but you know, watching everybody developed their own story so well is um, it's, it's mind blowing that people still continue to okay. find their own kind of identity in the middle of something that is what a lot of people would say is crowded. Um, yeah. I I know I'm, everyone's like, when's this, you know, local <clears throat> beer, beer bubble going to burst. And it's like, you know, a lot of these places are finding their niche. Right. right. And a lot of them are neighborhood breweries and, that's all they need to be, you know, not everyone needs to be a Rheingeist or a Madri or something huge that distributes like that and produces insane amounts of beer. Right. Right. Well, you know, as a beer drinker, we don't want them all to be, you know, and I going back to that idea of what makes a tap room great. Like sometimes I want to go to a place that's big and giant and, 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 you know, fun like that. Sometimes mm-hmm. I want to go to that little tiny neighborhood spot that, yeah. Maybe a little quieter and a little more laid back. Like that's it all factors into those things that 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 make the bigger picture kind of fun. You know, we you know, we yeah. if you just want a big brewery, you only need one. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, right, right. It's like, you know, I might be in the mood to go to Braxton's rooftop, which is amazing. Right. Or, you know, I'm in the mood to go to darkness. Right. Right down the road. Or maybe, maybe totally both, different. both on the same night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Or do both. And then you can, I mean, you could go pretty much down, well, Route 8 and then down Northern Kentucky. You can do Birkus, Braxton, Darkness. You can do all of them. Yeah. <laughs> so we, once upon a time before children, we would do things like that. <laughs> right. I, I, I remember those days. <laughs> Oh, back in the day. <laughs> um, well, it was, it's strange. And I, you guys kind of go through the same thing with with your youngest. But, you know, I, we look back to uh, my oldest and, you know, our life with her when she was a baby. And she spent so much time in tap rooms. And, like, we would go out with her all the time. And, you know, now I don't know if it's completely COVID or also just because it's a pain in the butt to take them both. But, like, you know. My my poor youngest has just never been anywhere. He went to one brewery, the poor guy. <laughs> it is funny that you say that. Um, because, and I've said this many other times in many other places, but it is, breweries are a great thing to do as a family with a baby. 
you can go out and all you have to be gone is for an hour. Right. And, you know, you have this short amount of time between when they're eating or taking a nap, whatever. And you can just get out, go do something, feel like a human being, especially (laughs) in the newborn phase when you do not feel like a human being otherwise. (laughs) So, yeah, my two-year-old has been to 42 local breweries. (laughs) And actually, my three-month-old has now been to, I think, five. (laughs) so right and even though there's it's covid and in these covid times and i like to think we're pretty cautious um we still try to get out and do things right yeah well i mean it's you know we're getting into that time of year where it's a whole lot easier to do that too where you can you can go somewhere and just be outside and be away from a bunch of other people and um get out and feel a little normal (laughs) Sure. <laughs> um, going back to uh, the website, we're jumping around all over the place, but that's, uh, you know, we'll, okay. we'll call it COVID brain. Um, um, so, just <laughs> I just, everything is chaos right now. Um, <laughs> how, how much of a direction for where this website goes in the future is there? Or is it just kind of adaptation as things are happening and um, a new idea hits you and then you kind of make it happen? versus some kind of bigger, longer-term goal? It is 100% the latter. Things just kind of happen, and I just... I'm having another beer delivered to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> things just sort of happen, and then I adapt and change as it goes. So as far as having big ideas for the website, last year, a big idea that I had was, let's create a shop. So I you know, rebranded and created a shop. And I worked Westwood Second Saturday Markets, two of them, sold shirts and prints and stickers, that kind of thing. Um, I feel like every year it just kind of works out that I do some kind of big thing. Right. Something. So there were two years in a row. um, It's been several years now where I did Cincinnati Craft Madness. So Coinciding with March Madness, I did a beer bracket. Like, I I believe there's somebody doing it now. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, on Cincinnati.com, I think. Doing it very poorly, if you ask me. I, I honestly haven't even looked. There's There were but, beers. There were beers on the bracket that they don't make anymore. So, you know, me, I was just this lo- little old blogger and... I, breweries really got into it. Um, Municipal was great in 2018. They really promoted it. And then I was in a publication, one of Hamilton's publications about, you know, about this. But what, so that's the kind of publication that I got. Right. Or publicity. And now it's like, this is super popular. And I'm like, well, why wasn't mine popular? (laughs) So that's how I feel. I'm like, yeah, Tortoise and (laughs) Cincinnati. But it's fine. It's okay. I'm not all that bitter about it. <laughs> I uh, I struggle <laughs> with stuff like that sometimes where um, you know that you did it. Well, and maybe this isn't the same for you, but you know you did it better. You know you did it in what I consider the right way. And then you see somebody slide in that's just has a little more reach that does it. You're like, my God. Like, you know, this is yeah. like, why are you half-assing? It's hard. Like, it's um you know, it, you know, you spent all this time, and there was all kinds of drama in the second one. People were like accusing other places of having <laughs> bots for voting, and I'm like, listen, it is not that big of a deal. <laughs> Again, I, I'm just this little old website, right? <laughs> 
But that's, you know, that's part of that is the fun of it too, you know, is, is watching the chaos around some of those things as they're happening. It's true. It's true. And, you know, at that point I didn't, I still don't really have thick skin, but I really didn't have thick skin then. So I was all sensitive about it. And looking back, I'm thinking, how silly. <laughs> you, you, you do have but, to have um, fairly thick skin to, uh, to jump into the, the blog world or even to a, 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 a fairly large degree social media and things like that. Sure. You know, it's, you're, you're putting yourself out there a lot of times. And especially when you're putting your opinion out there, somebody's going to tell you that you're wrong and somebody's going to call you an idiot for thinking what you think. And for sure. sometimes that's tough. Like sometimes it's really difficult to, uh, you know, to go to bed at night knowing that, you know, you put your blood, sweat and tears into this thing and somebody's calling you an idiot for it. <laughs> that's, right. Not, not only are you, you know, putting your heart and soul into this stuff for lack of a better term. It's like me personally, I like to be liked by people. Right. Well, everybody yeah. does. Yeah, sure. So when, you know, when somebody is a, complete asshole about something you're like gosh and it just really affects you you know yeah. I've, I've had a lot of people you know tell me oh, it doesn't matter you know if somebody's you know engagement is engagement if somebody's on there commenting on something be and telling you that you're an idiot it's just as valuable as if they're not i mean that's, i mean i get that but i don't really want that <laughs> no no i want everyone to love me <laughs> like i'm you know it's for for the most part this is all just for the love of what i do and like i'm not not getting paid yeah. for this. I'm not like, you know, it's, I'd, I'd like people to be a little nicer. <laughs> right. And it's especially interesting these days because people think that they can be behind a screen and just say and do whatever they want. Oh yeah. And it's, it comes from all different angles. Now you've got 14 mm -hmm. different types of social media and then it's, uh, it's wild. It is, it's, uh, it's not always it's fun. And <laughs> hey, um, you know helps <laughs> it does help that is one thing that uh um you know that's the advantage of you know the fact that i only write about beer is that uh, at the end of the day there's always one sitting in front of me so <laughs> no matter what people are saying there's a beer right there um um what's your favorite local beer see that's it's tough. Style. it's tough it goes back you know to that same idea as you know what makes a tap room good what makes a beer good is going to change so drastically for sure. me. Um, you know, what I want to drink right now is going to be very different than what I want to drink in, you know, two days when I'm, um, you know, getting really stir crazy down here in the basement. Hopefully I'm feeling a little bit better and just, you know, ready to really start drinking. Um, right. it, it, it's, it's not a fair question. <laughs> it's true. And, and in my opinion, you know, when something is brewed every year, it doesn't always taste the same. No. The recipe may change. The ingredients may change. And full transparency, as much, as much as I absolutely loved Blank Slate Opera Cream Stout, it did not taste the same year over year for me. No. It, uh, it, <laughs> and then when they came out with the variants, it just ruined the original. Because I wouldn't say that it ruined the original for me, but <laughs> part of that is nostalgia too, looking back at it. <laughs> no, you're right. I will take it any day. Well, and I, especially now where you've got platform putting out their opera cream stout and you know, like you, you get these, you get the, it's not, it's not great. You get these people that are trying to, um, mm -hmm. not that they're trying to capitalize on blank slate, but that are taking something that so many people held so dear 
sure. it, it takes that nostalgia and that memory of opera cream and just makes it so much bigger in my memory. And it makes it, you know, that, that memory of that beer. If I, if, if Scott decided tomorrow, he's going to make it at 50 West, which he won't for the record before anybody comments. Um, if he did, there is no possible way that that beer would taste as good as I remember it tasting because You're it has right. just over the years just kept building and and sure. and creating this thing in my head that exactly it's definitely better than it probably was. Sure, was it the poorhouse's first or second birthday when they did all the variants of Opera Cream? I think it was their second. I think. I think. I think I'd you're have right. To look at my notes, but. <clears throat> it and they had, had, the, had to be had to be because they were it was also right where they were expanding okay so and i i am still kicking myself that i did not buy the shirt that says let them drink cake <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> there's there's a lot of things that i'm kicking myself now about um about blank slate <laughs> and i actually i went to cincy brewing company right. the old river town for those listening um and there was a food truck there. Gosh, for the life of me, I can't remember which food truck it was. But the woman who was working it was wearing that shirt. <laughs> I, I wanted to just like take it from her. And I said, I need that shirt. And how, she's like, I love it. Shirt? I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't even understand. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, so what are some of... What are some of the things that you want to incorporate into the the blog going forward? Are there things that are in your head right now that you haven't uh, you haven't incorporated that you want to? There are always ideas, honestly. Um, something that I have always, always, always wanted to do, and I've even created like um, mockups for it, is some kind of beer passport app, specifically for Cincinnati beers. I know that there is. We've, we've all dabbled. <laughs> I know. And my my husband is a developer. This is there's no reason why this can't happen with us. We just don't really have the time or the bandwidth. Right. I mean, right. I have a huge spreadsheet he's a that he could have used, you know, for like brewery name, location, <laughs> styles of beers, like all of the spreadsheet information that would needed for the back end data, everything. And we just, you know, dropped the ball there. It's it's hard with some of those things. Like and for me, like I never want to half ass anything. Like if I'm mm -hmm. going to do it, I want to make sure that it's done the best way possible and the what I consider the right way. You know, I don't ever want to put something out there and have it have it number one be incorrect. That is my biggest pet peeve. If you're gonna oh. put a list of here are all the breweries in Cincinnati and I get on there and there's somebody that's missing or somebody that's on there that isn't there, that drives me crazy. And or, it's hard to. It is. Now it's incredibly that it's hard. hard because it's like, what, what radius do people consider a Cincinnati brewery? Right. Right. Different for everyone. Yes. So, <laughs> but but you, if you communicate that out front, say, "Here's what I think. Here's here's my definition," and and you stick to it, then I'm okay with that. Yeah, I definitely. There's a disclaimer on my brewery guide. Like it is breweries within 30 miles of the city. Sons of Toil is an exception because it's, <laughs> it's still a greater Cincinnati beer because it's not a greater any other city. It doesn't beer. have anybody else. Yeah, I agree with that. I, exactly. I, I struggle so like, with it a little bit. So I say 40-ish miles of Cincinnati. And I put sure. the ish in there because... Um, like, do if, you consider like Springboro? I've, I, I don't include Springboro right now because okay. they're so close to Dayton. I wrap them into the Dayton beer scene. Oxford, when there was a brewery there, I include that. Um Great Crescent, yes. Sons of Toil, yeah. yes. Um, 
you know, it's when uh, when the place down in Independence opens, I'll probably count that. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It is. I mean, tough. I mean, it's tough a good in problem. quotes yeah. because it really, you know, come on, we're we're sitting here writing about beer. <laughs> I know. In the grand scheme of things, it's not really that difficult. <laughs> I know it's there are bigger, bigger problems in life <laughs> than yeah. trying to quantify what's Cincinnati and what's not. But, you know, I mean, these <laughs> it's all relative. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as far as, you know, big problems are concerned, it's kind of fun to consume yourself with the trivial ones. You know? Yeah. Do you do you ever stress yourself out over not being able to write about something that you really want to? Like, um, when when you have, because your your scope of the things that you cover is much wider than the things that that I do, and sure. I can't I can't scratch the surface of the things that I want to talk about on any sure. given week. Does that does that stress you out at all? Does it? Um, is that difficult? Yes, it can be. I, you know, I'm an all or nothing kind of person. And like you, I like to do it correctly. I am very much a perfectionist. I want to make sure that everything is done thoroughly and correctly. Um, So it is really hard to kind of um, dedicate yourself to that. So it has taken a lot of training for me to just kind of take a step back when I'm not able to do that. Right. Um, you, there have been a couple few times over the past several years that I've either said I'm done or I'm taking a break. And then I feel like I kind of, um, lose my traction in the scene of things. You know, there are a lot of influencers now who come in and they are, they've gained all of this popularity, you know, seemingly very quickly. So, you know, it's kind of, just mostly trying to keep up with the times and to make sure that my content is still relevant. Right. Finding that balance of keeping up with that content and not necessarily having it be just totally 100% perfection all the time. There's, there's gotta be a balance there too, of trying to, trying to keep up with, you know, as times are changing and as, as other people are popping up doing their thing keeping up with that, but also putting the blinders on and, and knowing, you know, kind of who you are and what you do and mm-hmm. also ignoring that to, to some degree and knowing kind of what your content is and yeah. sticking to that. So, right. It's, and I think too, because my, my scope is so much, not larger, but it's just so much more vague, I guess. It's not as centralized and just food or just beer or just this or that. It's kind of all of the above. And I think it can be hard to, you know, um, cater to certain audiences or, you know, just because I don't have that specific identity necessarily. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough. I, (laughs) you know, I, I, I love, like I said, I love what you do on there, but I would never want to try to um, try to keep up with with that. I think it would it would keep me up at night, and I would drive myself crazy. <laughs> <It's>, well, <laughs> last, what was daylight saving two nights ago? I have no idea. I'm living in this weird bubble down here in the basement. It's true, you're right. <laughs> well, I was, you know, I was up in the middle of the night with a baby, and I was like, "This will be a great time to get work done." I take a lot of notes in my notes app on my phone. Right. All of the night. And I'm like, I'm looking at the clock and it's, 
it's only 4.30. It's fine. It'll be great. And then I look at my phone. I'm like, oh, shit. It's actually 5.30. And (laughs) I'm so screwed for the rest of my night of sleep. So right, I, I was up in the middle of the night working, quote unquote, working on this stuff. And right, I just, I do it when I can. And especially now that I have two small children... I really just do it when I can. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm up at an ungodly hour in the morning because that's the only time that I can get a couple hours of just peace and quiet to just yep. do what I need to do. And that's the time where I get stuff done. I might be able to sneak in a few minutes here or there other times of the day when the kids are occupied with something, but... I mean, not really. <laughs> like it's no. you'd have to you gotta crowbar it in where you can, but sure. um, that becomes. I harder also and harder. get up early just so I can enjoy some quiet time and you know writing in whatever capacity I'm writing. Enjoy a cup of tea. Get awake for the rest of the day. Um, <laughs> you, know? I, you know, it's I I appreciate more than I can tell you the things that you're doing on on the website. I think it's Thank extremely you. valuable. In a city like Cincinnati, we we see other things pop up and other things go away. Um, yeah. Cincinnati Refined is a, an yeah. absolute heartbreaker right now. That is a heartbreaker. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Can't say it's uh, surprising, but it mm-hmm. is a heartbreaker. It, um, a heartbreaker. I mean, can you imagine seeing their sponsored content? <laughs> a friend of mine was like, he put on his stories on Instagram like, yeah, unfollow. Yeah. I am not. It's going to get really bad, it's, really quick. And um, it's it, it. That's the stuff that just makes me furious to see happen. Like you, yeah. you build a platform that people trust and people believe in, and then you just, with one fell swoop, just let every single one of them down. And um, that's why people like you are so 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 important. And um. You know, I'm, yeah. I I don't know how how long any of us can carry on this stuff. I mean, I I can't see. Speaking from my perspective, I can't see where it ends, but I recognize that at some point it has to. You know, sure. and so like yeah, I sustainable. I I don't in know. My opinion. <laughs> no, I so I don't know. I don't I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the end goal is, but um, it's important for it to exist. Uh, yeah, at least for now. You know, Phil, the editor former editor of Cincinnati Refined. He did so many amazing things there, even as the assistant editor before he took on the head role. But I mean, he put his heart and soul into that. That Instagram account has well over 50,000 followers. And this is me thinking like, you know, this corporate entity is, you know, pushing all of these amazing people aside and they're going to inherit this account that just has 50,000 followers. Yeah. And they're not going to do anything of value with it. They're just going to, they're going to abuse the fact that people, like I said, people trust it and that's, that's valuable in today's world. And they're going to, they're going to sell it. (coughs) Yeah. That's a, I could spend a lot of time talking about the, uh, the anger that that uh, (laughs) gives me. Well, (laughs) and that's another thing that's terrible about COVID too. And it's like, I, it, what stresses me out is thinking about, you know, all of these small businesses. I've built relationships with people who own them or work at them or whatever. And it, it stresses me out thinking about the effects that this has all had on them yeah. and how they'll all end up, however that may be. 
and how they've all had to adjust their the way they function. It's it's wild. Yeah, it um 2020 has uh you know, it's it's on one hand it's been it's been terrible and it's uh um hurt a lot of people and destroyed a lot of businesses, but now that we're able to kind of take a step back and kind of look at it, how everything went down, it's given me like this, uh, this, this hope for what it means for all of these communities. And, you know, from my perspective, obviously it's the craft beer community, but seeing that people, the people that were able to kind of fight their way through and survive this, seeing that they were able to and seeing how it brought some of those people together that maybe weren't before, um, it showed a lot of people that they could do things that they didn't think they were going to be able to do. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a lot of hope for what this does for the city and for sure. a lot of cities. But um, in, in the end, I think that I think we're going to leave this in a better place than we went into it. I hope so. I, I can agree. And, and we'll see it's, you know, yet to be seen, but um, it'll be interesting because these these effects will be long lasting. Oh, I yeah. I don't think that we'll see the end of it until you know months from now. Oh yeah, I think, it'll, I think it'll be a not, while. <laughs> normal, I know. There's also that. So um so as as we wrap up, uh what do you want people to know about about you, about the website, about anything? What do you what do you want people to know that you think they don't know? Um I I think something that's that's really important is authenticity. And, um, you know, a lot of people have said, you know, I, I you seem very genuine in, in what you're writing about and the content that you're posting. And I do this 100% out of what I love, why I love the city, the things I like about it. Um, you know, I do get some perks here and there, but by and large, I do this out of my own pocket and just because I love it. And unfortunately the same cannot be said for a lot of other people in my position. You know, a lot of people, you know, are offered some kind of financial, you know, um, some kind of money for posting about things in exchange for things. And it just, it just does not come off as genuine. And I do this because I love it. And because I, what's most important for me is making sure that these small businesses, especially now, get the recognition and the patronage that they deserve. So that's why I do what I do. It comes across in, in what you do. And I think that, uh, I think that people get it and um, it makes a difference. It makes a difference in this whole bigger um bigger picture of um sure. of of Cincinnati anything you know just this this yeah. city continues to grow and continues to evolve and continues to go in a really exciting direction and yeah. um I, you know I 100% believe that if you want to know what the best of anything in this city is you know that's definitely the place to go <laughs> toward a Cincinnati thank you i so some some I call myself a small business evangelist. Um, I just I sing their praises pretty much everywhere I can go. Um, I've been doing it for years and years, and I feel like this year especially, 
it has really picked up in popularity as far as supporting local is concerned. Yeah. And it is, it's sad to me, but also very exciting because I'm, I'm sad that it has taken this long for well, people to think, Oh, I really need to support local. I can, I can definitely understand that. When I, when I started my blog, there were lots of other local beer bloggers at the time and pretty much all of them um, made fun of me and insulted me for um, being what they called a cheerleader for local beer and that I wouldn't criticize people enough. And um, I am, I'm very happy to be who I am in that regard Good. In the same way that you are a small small business evangelist, I am a local craft beer evangelist and I can get behind that. <laughs> Perfect. You know, if I have an issue with a business or something, or if I don't like something very much, I just don't talk about it. Right. You know, right. I just, I, I don't want to sit here and disparage people. Or... It also goes back to that idea of what do you want out of a certain type of place? Like just mm-hmm. because I don't like you know, this beer or this hamburger or this environment, just because I don't like that doesn't have any bearing on what other people around me really want. It does no value for me to tell you what I don't like. I will tell you what I do like about places and hope that that entices you to go try it for yourself. But um, I don't want to stop somebody from going anywhere. I totally respect that. And I can absolutely agree that I am kind of the same I agree. I do the same thing. Well, thank you very much. Um, where do you want people to follow you? So my biggest my biggest following is on Instagram. I love Instagram. I still think it's an amazing place to interact with people. And it's at Linsinati. You're going to have to spell that for people. It's L-I-N-S-I-N-N-A-T-I. Everybody get on there and uh, and follow her on uh, on Instagram and check yep. out the website because, like I said, it is uh, um, one of my favorite websites in the city. Easily, easily, easily. I'll put links in the show notes for it all. Thank you. Um, and I appreciate that. I will remember to put the links in the show notes, even though I usually forget because I'm just locked yeah. in the basement for the next week. So I will definitely remember. <laughs> <laughs> I would, yeah, I would love for people to get on the website and check out the activity checklists. I mean, that sounds fun to me. Of course, I made them, so it's not (laughs) as fun. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I would love for people to try that stuff, especially when COVID, when we're more COVID clear. We're getting there. I mean, that's obviously the state that I'm in right now. It's not a very reassuring. We're getting there. We we are getting there. (laughs) Hopefully, I'm the last person that you know that will get COVID. Um, seriously <laughs> thank you guys <laughs> thank you guys for listening to the show we will be back next week and um, I, hopefully when you're listening to this I'm already COVID free hopefully I'm back out and about into the world um, a b- special big thanks this week uh, to this month's sponsor which is uh, Chef Tony with Food Trucker Magazine and Queen City Mobile Food Truck Association if you like food trucks if you like food trucks from a really nerdy perspective Listen to Food Trucker Magazine on Tuesdays on YouTube. It's a really fun show, um, but it gets really nerdy from the food truck perspective. It's for food truckers. If you want to book a food truck, that's where the Queen City Mobile Food Truck Association comes in. Um, Reach out to them, and they can definitely get you the best truck for what you're looking for and and, and hook you up there. So thank you. Thank you, Chef Tony, for, for being this month's sponsor. And thank you guys for listening. Um, Thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you. 
dealing with my COVID sweats. And <laughs> hey, thank you. I appreciate it. I hope you feel better. <laughs> and everybody, like I said, uh, go check out the website. Follow her on Instagram because um, there's not a lot of places like that that uh, still exist that are done for the right reasons. It's uh, as exciting as it is to have lots of people into this uh, game now creates a lot of not great people in the game so check them out <laughs>